Hey, this is Suma Zhao, and you're listening to the Get a Life podcast. Ugh, what a bother. Come on, Bish, do I really have to do this? Well, if you don't want me to tell Suma Shura that you've been eating his meat buns. Alright, alright. Jeez, calm down. Hey guys, and welcome to the Get a Life podcast. I'm currently looking at my laptop because this is awkward for me. I don't know if this is the first time recording in an office, which is alright, actually. Um, it's a meeting room, Matt. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll call it a boardroom and then you'll be really... Yeah, yeah. It's boardroom number two, so... You'll be really, really nervous. <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, it's, it's kind of small. It's kind of cosy, but it's it's kind of weird because you have all of these football figurines just looking at you, staring. Um, and some with no heads. Exactly. Yeah, some with no heads. That's kind of... Cr- Who took their heads off? Were they just casually... I think it's just the design of them. Why are they here? I haven't seen it without any heads. <laughs> The ones at the bottom. So uh, that, basically, like the the other partner of our company, they um, they create these little soccer stars figurines, mm. and uh, they're just probably testing out the kits and the colours. So they didn't want to put any players' heads on there yet. So that's kind of creepy. <laughs> that is super creepy. I remember these things like those football things with the big heads. They used to be like chocolate eggs or something like that. It's, maybe uh, I'm getting confused with something else. But you sure it's not a Kinder Egg? I'm sure it's not Kinder Egg. I think it's it was like the shape of a football. Anyway, I'm I'm kind of uh, <laughs> drifting off here, and you guys are thinking, what the hell is going on? Well, I'm here in. Are Can we, you do photos? You could have done do a photo of the cabinet. Yeah, so yeah, they can see it. Yeah, because those are the original master sculpts. So yeah, we, we could do a photo kind of, of collectors, like, collectors items. Me yeah. These are kind of creepy, actually. They're, they're staring at me while I'm recording. They're like, Bish, we're judging you right now. <laughs> we know what you're going to say. Uh, anyway, so we're here in Croydon. Are we in Croydon? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. we're in Croydon. The outskirts of Croydon. Yeah. <laughs> On my way here, it was terrible because it was raining and someone told me to go to the other direction. Oh, you walked up to Asda? Yes. Yeah, everyone. Did you get all the Everyone does that. that. No, yeah. oh, almost God. all the thank way God. And then some, some person was like, oh, yeah, I know where it is. Follow me. And I was like, okay, cool. I've yeah, that happens to everyone. Yeah. Is it the same person that's just <laughs> something Possibly. to do with the something to do with the um the postcode? The po- if you if you put the postcode into Google Maps, mm. it, takes you back, it doesn't it? take you here. No, it does. It it takes if, you if, up the road. No, no, it finally I I um checked it on Google Maps and it took me here. Oh okay. Wait, it didn't it used to. Well now it does. So yeah. Google, that's legit. <laughs> well done, finally. <laughs> anyway. I haven't even introduced what company we are with. We're, we're, we're currently talking with um, Will and Jazz from um, Reef Entertainment. So, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. So I'm guessing this is the first time yeah. you guys are on a podcast, or um, um, we've had interviews before. Yeah. I, I've been on a few gaming-wise. Um, mm. I was on the God Is a Geek podcast. Oh. A few times. I don't know what that is. Yeah. To explain. Uh, that's a, a gaming website. Uh, run by um, Adam Cook. Yeah, Adam Cook and another guy called Calvin. And um, um, yeah, sorry. Um, so th- yeah, that's just another gaming podcast. Mm. Um, I think that's the only. We one. We were in um, uh, the Geek Show. Oh, the Geek Show. Yeah, that yeah, yeah that was recently. That was the only one I think we've done at, at Reef. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, that's it. Apart guessing. from phoning in a few. Find <laughs> into a few MMA podcasts, really UFC podcasts, yeah. Oh. And um, so you're into UFC? Uh, yes, yeah. and I'm a massive podcast man. Yeah, I listen to probably four to five hours per day of podcasts. 
You have a lot of free time. I love podcasts. He has a lot. He's a big track. Yeah, because I travel. I don't really like listening to music, so I always listen to um, listen to podcasts. I'm yeah. the same. Yeah, but not as many podcasts. Yeah, shorter trips. Gaming wise, um, I haven't started listening to this one yet, but mm. I shall. Uh, video gamer podcast. Mm. Dismal Jesters. Which is Don't Jim Sterling's? Jim, well, it's not really a game podcast, but Jim Sterling. Jim Sterling. Please get that statement. Please get that statement. Jim Sterling. That's gonna stay in there. Jim Sterling from. Uh, you'd probably appreciate that. <laughs> from uh, from um, used to be on Podtoid, and then they started oh, uh, they started their own one called Dismal Jesters, <laughs> and uh, that is an amazing podcast. Um, yeah, Jim's and, pretty amazing. Yeah, and also the um, Shop Two um, Shop Two dot net podcast, which is good because uh, they're one of the retailers. It's a UK, uh, UK retailer. Mm. And they they sell a lot of uh, our products, so we was into that. Honestly, yeah. when you're talking about Shop Two. Honestly, I'm more of a game fan. You know, oh, the two retailers. Yeah, because games always had that kind of. I've always had this emotional attachment with game and with, yeah. of course with Technocoe. Yeah, because games always been there, and I can't. And everyone's like bitching about game on Twitter, and I'm like, you can't do this. <laughs> and then people always disagree with me, and they're like, why? Is that because you like to buy in store? Not because of that, it's just because I like game. I, even when I buy online or I buy from game, it's more expensive, but it's because I have that emotional attachment. It's, it's for me. You, also get you know why that, well. that probably is? Because originally at Koei, we used to have all the pre exclusively from game. Mm. Um, like the D- Dynasty Warriors. Six massive art book and they're like Warriors are watching cards and all that kind of they stuff. So have, it's probably because of that. They still do have pre-order bonuses, but now it's more like spread. Yeah. yeah. And I, personally, I'm not a big fan of that when companies are like, "Yeah, let's give it to all these pre-order bonuses to different companies." When in Japan they were all like for one company. Yeah. Originally, it just yeah. for me, it's not big. I'm not a big fan of that kind of thing because I, I don't want to go all the way to this company and then start having to. It gets quite confusing. Yeah. It does. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. a bit. It's a difficult debate because like so many people don't want to do that and then there's people who are really loyal it's really yeah, interesting mm. I don't think game have a podcast though so. yeah they don't. I've, been, I've been trying to talk with them actually but they're not I wouldn't say they're not responding I have to go visit their head office soon so. they could do a cool one though yeah I think they, they yeah. can Aaron Cooper yeah like. with, with, um, with with their um, like social staff mm. and and uh, yeah, that would be quite cool. Because they're, they're pretty weird and wonderful, the the guys at game, especially Aaron. Yeah. He's, he's been on this podcast before, and it's... He make, he's, it's crazy. He, he makes me hug him every time I <laughs> You guys met him? Yeah. 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 So I was uh, so playing uh, Mario Kart with him last night. Mario Kart, that's the one game I don't have yet. Good. You know why? Because I don't own a Wii U. Haven't. I think I'm the only one in the office who's got one, actually. <laughs> What's the point? It's really good. It just hasn't been supported very much. It hasn't been supported because it's not making any money. That's. I think for Nintendo, the only games that they're making money off are the games they make themselves. Yeah, because they probably market it and then. Well, they make money off every game that gets published on the format. Yeah, but it's just not as much as you know Mario Kart. Like I'm, the reason I want to get a Wii U is because of Mario Kart Eight. Yeah. Or for Smash Brothers. Yeah. Yes. I'm not gonna say, oh yeah, I'm gonna buy a Wii U because I want. The new Zelda game, or or the new whatever game that's yeah. coming out, like because what, for instance, like Watch Dogs, that's coming out on that's already out on the Wii U and on the PlayStation Four. Like if I'm thinking about it, why would I buy a Wii U yeah. and then play Watch Dogs when I could do it on a 
better console. It's, yeah. I think it's the release of the Wii U as well. Like, yeah, timing. it's also like when the new consoles came out, it, it just outdated the Wii U, exactly, like, yeah. graphics-wise and power-wise and mm. even memory-wise. Yeah. yeah. I think Shame. Like, yeah, Mario Kart's doing very well. It looks sure. so Four good. Games. They've sold, they've sold a lot, and it does seem to have had more of an impact on the hardware sales than the um, Mario that came, mm. came out at Christmas. Um, also, and, um, yeah, the gifts and yeah, the gifts the and stuff Death that are coming out are giving it? them a no, lot no. of like. Oh man, the Luigi Death Star is amazing. What is it? Uh, you'll have to like find a thread on NeoGaf. Mm. and it's all about just like Luigi being really. It's basically off. because that genius <laughs> idea of when. I guess now I don't know whether they had this in the older versions of Mario Kart, uh, like the the ones the ones since Super Nintendo, cause I, or even if they had it in the Super Nintendo one. But now Every when time. the characters pass each other or then um, uh, like overtake. shell overtake, um, they look at, stare at each other, and uh, it just so happens that um, Luigi, Luigi so has got a very uh, evil-looking <laughs> stare, and then that's, that sort of became an animated GIF, and then it spread across. NeoGAF and Reddit and, all, and now it's kind of become the next internet basically we're just saying the, year, meme, I guess. the yeah. year of Luigi is not over yeah <laughs> so that's become really big for them and given them I think like some credibility with gamers that they they, hadn't had, they hadn't had before and also it's like a little touch that you know um, not many people show their skill of. graphically mm. to get that much character out of um, yeah. it's a good point that you made like a couple of weeks well last week that not many people would put in a racing game them looking at each other, yeah, and it gives that kind of a uh, what's the word like um, tension. Not just tension, but more you can connect more with person, the characters. Yeah, more. It brings yeah. more personality, personality to it. Yeah, and Mario Kart like always was a game that you know you felt like a bit cheeky when you hit someone with a shell or a red shell. Mm. Um, so to see it kind of reciprocated by the characters, uh, and then but also the fact that they have such a good understanding of their own characters that they know Luigi like he's the jealous. <laughs> he's kind of like slightly <laughs> jealous brother of Mario so that to, for him to be I think having that personality kind of coming out in the game is what's made it kind of mm. take off and it just shows like little touches can be really effective of course yeah. um, for me Mario Kart is, is an amazing game but it really gets me so angry like mm. when, when I'm driving on the road I don't get road rage but as soon as you put me in Mario Kart I'm just like Especially what single player because of the not, rubber banding? That's not, why. Not single player, multiplayer because I tend right. to play with family. Yeah. So there's everyone's around me like grandma, right. mum, dad, everyone, my sisters especially because they're like crazy about yeah. Mario Kart, and it's just like they're too good. Yeah. They're, they're too good for their own good. It's, <laughs> I don't know. Like that's the that's rubber. What, the the thing that was annoying in the original was the fact that no matter how fast you were, they the AIs speed was based on your speed so mm-hmm. even if you were doing your best ever laps the character in second place would always be just as quick just as quick close to you so you um, they and they would often like you know red shell you on the last lap or something like that so there was always that little bit of unfairness to the single mm-hmm. player which was frustrating but um, you know you live with it well, one thing I like about Mario Kart now is the, the new power ups and stuff especially with that subwoofer thing yeah that's very cool. It is very interesting because you know it brings some dynamic to like the yeah. blue shell. It's, what, it nerfs that? it. Uh, so like the blue shell, obviously not the blue shell yeah. that takes that person first yeah. place. But there's a way to like beat that. Where oh, if right. it's about to hit you, you can like activate the you side can counter it, yeah. and it destroys the blue you, shell. You don't get it a lot. You tend when you're in first place, you tend to get coins. Yeah, which is annoying. The coin yeah. system's very good though but because that act, the coins too. So the more right, coins you, you have, the faster you are. 
Mario so Kart always now it, always the way. Yeah. yeah. So now, like, if you're in first place, you only get coins. You won't get any items to boost you. You just get speed bonuses. So that's the way you like stay in front. Mm. I see. So you don't really get much of an advantage. You just get so coins. So you not keep the coins afterwards, or is it just hey, well, you have some free coins? Coins eventually they stack up, and the more coins you get, you unlock stuff in the game. But during the actual race, you start with zero, or you might start with one or two if you've done really well mm. or really poorly. Uh, to give you a bit of a yeah. bonus. Yeah. Well, anyway, enough about Mario Kart. Can we just um, let's just talk about Reef. So what is <laughs> yeah. Reef about? Um, well, Reef is a, a gaming publisher hmm. and and distributor, yeah. um, based in the UK. Um, but our, our self-published products, um, like Rambo the video game, uh, we publish and distribute those globally, hmm. um, and uh, our distribution titles. We operate uh, in the UK mainly, um, but also in Scandinavia and uh, other areas of um, Europe. Other areas of Europe, <laughs> and um, our publishing output and our distribution output are very different in terms of <coughs> the types of products. Um, and when we distribute titles um, and, and do PR for titles uh, in that side, you never see the Reef name attached because we're a- acting as a um, partner. For a, another publisher, so, so just for, like an extension. Of yeah. Their... So, for example, um, with um, Nisa, which is um, Nipponichi Software America, um, we are the distributor for their products in in the UK. So, um, series like uh, Disgaea or Danganronpa, mm. um, we um, we handle the, the sales and marketing. Or, um, for example, at, at London Expo, when there's a, a Nisa booth, that would be that would be run by us. But obviously, we don't put any of our own branding there because it's very much about working for Nisa. Okay. So um, a lot of our um, a lot of the work we we do um, is uh, I think not sort of something that we would make visible to the fans or to the players because their relationships with Nisa. Nisa. Yeah, they're fans of their games, not you know fans of us. We're just kind of providing a service mm. there. Um, and then we do other little bits of distribution, like I, I mentioned in uh, Nordic and Scandinavian regions, we distribute Tecmo Koei's titles uh, there. And um, you know, we like to think that because we are um, our team's made up of um, people that are kind of specialists in Japanese gaming, we can help to kind of grow those series um, a little bit with our kind of specialist knowledge. So, what do you do with that specialist knowledge? Um, well, we try to. I mean, let's take a, a series like um, Dynasty Warriors. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people know the difference between all of the various games, yeah. and um, people just will tend to think Dynasty Warriors Eight. Well, isn't that just the same as se- Seven, Six, Five? You know, all the ones that ca- that came yeah. earlier. It takes someone that actually knows a little bit, a little bit about the series, to be able to say, "Hang on a sec, uh, Dynasty Warriors Eight is a substantial upgrade over Seven, which." Added, you know, these characters to it, mm. um, and then you've got like the XL uh, version, which is going to add like Lubu's daughter. I think was in the latest one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not many, not many people would really know that, or even know who who Lubu was. Mm. But if you take the time to explain it to people, um, even just like the most basic thing, did you know that all these characters are actually based on the so romance history. of the Three Kingdoms? So how does um, Reef do that in the Scandinavian regions? Uh, we explain it directly to the buyers in in retail, and also Jazz talks directly to the journalists there. Okay. Yeah, 
I mean, obviously, like we'll be via email or Skype. We're not always mm-hmm. we're not always there. But um, we also have sales agents that work from Denmark mm-hmm. in that region. So it's a lot about giving them the information to be able to then Go on pass and do on. What they need to do. Yeah, and uh, we obviously also believe in the title strongly, so we want them to do the best they can. Um, and but or, or you know, let's say in the UK, we were talking about um, like this week, we've got a game coming out called Hyperdimension Neptunia. Producing perfection. perfection. I've had a lot. Yeah, of we showed that at London Expo, mm. um, and uh, uh, so the fans can play it, and uh, we can promote that series that way. Um, so it's really just about trying to get the, um, uh, the these brands uh, across as much as possible mm. for for that, um, and then um, for our own titles like Rambo the video game, we um, uh, look for an opportunity. We acquired the license. We appoint the developer. Um, we um, uh, support them through the development of the game, mm-hmm. and then once it's finished, we then take that to market um, as a download title through Steam um, or as a, a physical uh, box that you can buy um, anywhere in the world. Um, and uh, uh, on on those titles, you would see the Reef name okay. on on the box. Um, so it's kind of quite diverse, but drawing from the skills that that we have. So you guys won't even be in the credits of the um, the games that you distribute, like no, uh, no, no, because no, no, we we're not we're not involved in developing in, 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 in making making the games. We just our our job is just to maximise hmm. the, the sales. The better that the better sales they do, then obviously the more um, uh, the more titles can be brought to the European market, hmm. and uh, the more sales they have, then uh, hopefully those franchises can continue. And, and grow uh, like you know for example um, Hyperdimension Neptunia 1 that was a uh, title that I think when that first came out um, we distributed that when I was working at, at Koei and no one knew about it um, and uh, it, it you know found a small niche of players which allowed then the second one to come out and the third one and each game is getting slightly better and now you've got um, Producing Perfection, which is a an offshoot um, of the series, and that's not an RPG; it's a idle simulation, but it's still dealing with the same characters. Yeah. So now uh, that brand has now been established in Europe, and now it can continue to continue to grow. It's really cool, quite cool as well, because that's yeah. not the type of game you see coming over to the West as well. Yeah. Because it's idle sims aren't very yeah. known yeah. to be. Yeah. I would say so. It's it's interesting that they they're bringing it over here. But yeah. it's, For me, it's like. I find it kind of odd because it's not something I would go for. No, because it's, mo- it's mostly for like Japanese fans. Like mm. a lot of people have requested these type of games from Japan to be brought over. So yeah. having that option to bring it over and see how well it does yeah. will obviously You've got to look at like publishers. And yeah, what pe- what the people appreciate about about a game, mm. and often with RPG, it's the characters and the art style, um, and often the RPG uh, mechanics can be quite um, simple. Um, so. If people like the characters, then it makes sense to make a game that really gets you closer to the personalities of the characters themselves, and, that, and that's what this game does. Because you're talking to the the girls from the series, mm. and uh, the reason it's producing perfection is the fact you're playing a producer and you're managing their career as a pop star. So um, uh, if you are a fan of the a fan of these characters, this is an opportunity to get to meet them I on see. a more personal level, mm. um, rather than just for the RPG story. Yeah. Um, also, um, Reef um, Reef's parent company is a, a distribution, yeah. a video game distributor. So that means um, we have the um, uh, power to bring boxed releases into the market. I think stronger than perhaps um, 
other um, uh, distributors and publishers can do. So often you see small niche titles now that are only released as uh, download. Yeah. Whereas uh, we we uh, we work with um, box box releases, so it's our goal to get as many titles into boxes uh, as possible. It's uh, it's a great thing because especially as a fan of certain games, you know, Dynasty Warriors, like games yeah. from Japan. Yeah. When you hear that they're not coming over as a physical release, it just it's heartbreaking. Yeah. That's what I think, and it's great that you guys are trying your best to. Get the yeah. physical releases out there. I think people that re- like, I think the, personally, the more um, the more niche a title is, the more people appreciate having a um, a box version of it. Mm. Because um, if you're um, if you're a fan of the series, then you want to build up a collection and have something to that sits there and yeah. kind of like physically shows how much you're a fan of it. Oh, yeah. And you also build up the library. And even looking at the cover of a game sometimes, if it's something you really like, can take you back to when you were playing it. And I, I don't have the same connection. If I'm, um, if I look at games that I've downloaded, and I scroll f- through them, it doesn't really bring back like warm memories. But if I look back at like some old games that I owned, when I look at the box or I hold the box, and uh, see the artwork and see the disc, that kind of reminds you of like, you know, all the things that are good about that game. Mm. So uh, I think that's one of the reasons why the um, box market, you know, is never going to be as big as it used to be when it was the only way that you could get games but um, I think it will, it, it's always going to have a place because you always want to have that physical thing that represents your passion for the series Dynasty Warriors fans are kind of uh, 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 the truest example because people love to collect the whole library that's one of the reasons why it's so successful because if you can really stack out like Dynasty Warriors from the first one, one on PS1 up to like uh, 8 um, Extreme Legends Mm-hmm. You you've really got something quite you've got like almost like twenty. It's like you've got the whole all the volumes of the of this like massive uh, saga, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm I'm similar with Dynasty Warriors, but it's just I'm having problems trying to find all of them. Yeah. Especially the earlier titles like Dynasty Warriors Two, because I haven't played that game in about ten years. Yeah. Ten years. And it's like my favorite game out of all time. Because Dynasty Warriors 2 yeah, that's Dynasty the one that was 2. released by Midas in, it was yeah, yeah, yeah it was um, single I, player story yeah yeah, but it was freaking amazing yeah. I remember as a kid I used I was like 6 years old I used to run out downstairs in 6am in the morning play it for like ages it was super difficult it wasn't that difficult actually I remember I remember like getting uh, just I think it was near the start like as soon as you get to uh, Hula Gate but I guess every Hula Gate is really difficult not really well, when, when Lubu's chasing I, you. No, no, no. I think Lubu from back in the day was much more overpowered than he is now. Yeah. Because Lubu's so easy. And it was just like, really? Come on? Like, a, like from Dynasty Warriors 6 up until Dynasty Warriors 8, Lubu was super easy to defeat. And I was glad that Tecmokoi kind of said, hey, we know that it's been easier, so we're just going to make him more difficult in Dynasty Warriors 8. But still, like, I, I remember used to fighting Boo Boo in like Dynasty Warriors 4 Dynasty Warriors 3 and it was a pain in the ass. You yeah. See, you yeah. see what I mean? It's just for me now in the earlier games he was definitely more difficult. Yeah, yeah. of course. And it's just a um, maybe I, I'm thinking that people don't want to fight Boo and, and go through that. Well I think a lot of the people who play those type of games now kind of go on it through the premise of seeing it mm. and they don't know anything about the history of the story of and then they jump in and get killed at level 2 on Hula Game and be like well... <laughs> can't beat that guy am I supposed to fight him or am I supposed mm. to skip him so mm. 
So. Yeah, you don't know. It's hard to take into account the skill of every different player and say this is how hard Lubu should be. Yeah. Because for some people, they don't have the same ability to know all the combos, or they might not have leveled their character mm-hmm. up enough. So it's it's pretty hard to balance that kind of difficulty. Of course. And uh, it, it, but it, yeah, um, you, you you want him to be t- to tough for some people, but you want him to be tough for people that have are just starting out as well. So. You've been playing it for a long time, yeah. so you're going to be a lot better than most people that are just starting out at it new. Mm. Um, so you probably should start playing on like the hardest. No, I don't do that. Yeah, I, I, what I tend to do is I play the game on beginner, like yeah. the easiest difficulty, to get my characters leveled up. Yeah, and then I'm like, okay, I'll play on chaos. Like I, I don't. Yeah, do that's the, the thing. If I you skip you should start on. You, you you should be responsible for yourself and mm-hmm. start on a harder difficulty, let and then you won't have then right. you won't complain that because you're closing the gap because you're making yeah. it easy for yourself. Yeah, you're making it. You're no, actually I'm, causing I'm making, it yourself. Okay, no, no, I'm making it easier for myself because I want to first of all experience the story and whatever, yeah. and then after I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna kill him. You know, I'm just gonna. But that's why you're artists. experiencing an easier. Loop that's it. why you're thinking it it's easier because yeah. you're leveling yourself up. So you what you should so do most do people is, are playing like a game for the first time. Go in. You should play get, normal. You, yeah. Going to level two with like a level two or three character yeah. and get destroyed. You got, you got a, the thing is because with Dynasty Warriors, the uh, getting the balance perfect for yourself. Yeah. It's like it's really elusive. That's what I found from playing it. Mm. Sometimes on some levels you'll be just the right. You'll be basically you want to be sort of like thirty percent underpowered for the level, yeah. so that you have enough feeling of it's actually my challenging. Game, that, yeah, my gameplay is making me manage to do this, not just the fact that I'm. A, I'm over leveled. Okay. Yeah. And um, when plus you, you get the sense of yeah, like achievement. Once yeah. You plus you need to be, it. but you need to be powerful enough that you're not just going to get whack completely killed. Yeah. But when you get it like perfectly on, it's super, It's really, really a thrilling hmm. experience. But it's like it doesn't. All, it's very hard for the. For, I think to actually like make sure that would happen on every level that everyone's everyone's playing at every skill level so you have to like as a gamer be responsible for sort of like creating the difficulty yourself by not leveling yourself too much mm-hmm. and also getting the right difficulty because okay. like if I'm when, I, um, when I'm playing it with my um, wife who's a big Warriors fan mm-hmm. um, she basically likes to unlock all the characters and boost all the characters up mm-hmm. and she likes to play on normal or easy so if I'm playing split screen with her I'm not saying I'm like good at really good at the game or amazing at it but I've played it a lot um, I'll go for a level 1 character she'll go for a fully boosted character normal difficulty setting and that works really well because I get the thrill of can't believe I'm actually managing to stay alive and if I take <laughs> out one officer for me it's like that's awesome because I was I was um, skilled so, enough to yeah. take him out whereas for her she's fine because she can just blast through everything as well like she likes because she's she's like boosted up enough so I think you've got to like when you're given as much as you are in that game, take responsibility for sort of like giving it a little bit of balancing yourself. Because if you just run right over the easy modes and level yourself up, yeah. you know, they, it, by the time you get onto the harder difficulty settings, you're so boosted anyway. You, just, you find it like yeah. it's playing on normal or playing yeah. on easy. So you need to make make the little, little <laughs> adjustments. <laughs> Got to make it more aggressive for yourself. Okay, yeah. I, I understand that. Yeah, That's fine. That's, and I think that's um, very good advice as well because there are a lot of people... You know, who take it to another extreme and say, "Ah, oh, Dice Wars is so easy. Yeah, it's just one button, and you know, you can do all these crazy combos." When yeah. in fact, it isn't really. Yeah, no, it's not easy at all. Um, if you're playing it 
on the right settings. It can mm. be as easy or it can be as difficult as you want. Um, and certainly in like some of the older ones as well, when you're trying to actually um, m juggle all the different objectives around the battlefield yeah. that you're being given, protect your base and certain like officers, and manage like to knock out the like troops spawning parts all at the same time as staying alive can become really difficult. It can become really difficult, like really frantic. But also, actually, it's called tactical action because it it, it you're should split be. Decisions. Split second tactical decisions of where 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 do I need to be on the map that is gonna going to um, have the most influence. Plus, you, everything you do in that game has an implication on the, on that on yeah. that level. I mean, yeah. I remember like playing Dinosaur Warriors three back in the day, and when you completed a story mode with somebody, it changed changed the course. Yeah. Like uh, I remember, I remember completing it with Sunset, and um, Sunset was then on every Wu campaign. When you played the story, he was the, the main guy instead of Sun Quan, so that was kind of cool. And then when you did it with Sun Jian, it was like he never died, and he was a he was a leader all the way mm. through. It was definitely got uh, interesting points, mm. and it definitely feels like you've got a say in what goes on. Mm. I think that's what a lot of Warriors fans like. Yeah, the thing it can give you some right, really good heroic moments when you've not been doing that well, and the enemies have um, pushed completely into your base, and the whole map's red. <laughs> and you, your your command just hanging out, and you were like at the top corner, and he's shouting for you, and you having to like charge on your horse all the way down back to your base, and then but then when you get to your base, you can rescue the whole situation, and then mm. turn the tides, and then see the map kind of get pushed back out. That's one of the things that I don't think any other game can really give you that thrill. Indeed, um... Jazz used to play like didn't he used to play like. He used to just go in his main base, not do anything for like 30 20, minutes. 30 minutes <laughs> just let the map evolve. So like everything, everything was conquered. Wow. So then then he would like launch his attack as <laughs> a one man army. I remember doing that. Yeah, you could, I don't think you could really do that so much in the new ones. Well, no. I would say in empires, you yeah, empires you, you can yeah yeah base kind of yeah zone. yeah. But, I don't think, like you said, I don't think you could do that in Dynasty Warriors 8. Or I used no, to always do that in Dynasty Warriors 3. That was my favourite one. That was the one I completely destroyed. A lot of people liked Dynasty Warriors 3, but... Not, I think I've got a, a sentimental like feeling towards it because that was my first, ah, first I see. one. I think everyone's first Dynasty Warriors game is yeah. their best. Because for me, it was Dynasty Warriors 2. Yeah, I and, love Dynasty Warriors 2. And like 3. I said, I've said this on pretty much every episode of the podcast where we talk about Tekken yeah. Koei. I've gone through three copies of that game what dinosaurs too yeah three copies what did you do to them just, just keep on playing them <laughs> I used to play them morning night everywhere I, I don't I don't know how I ruined those copies but it's just and the thing is <coughs> I only completed one story mode hmm. I, and I just repeated it again and again it was just with Dianne Wei I haven't, haven't played any other characters or any other stories and I'm thinking about it now and that's why I really want it to be released on like the Playstation store so I can go and download it and re-experience that yeah but I don't want to be disappointed I want to I don't want it to be like oh this game's kind of it would probably shit. look so bad now yeah. it would yeah. but I remember the maps being really good in that game the maps in 2 and 3 were mm. really good because mm. 2 was the first one to have the whole battle system because yeah. number 1 was a beat em up yeah that's how like you were saying how can you use your knowledge to get people hyped up about the titles mm. that's how you can do it just explain to them like why why it's good because people don't respect the often don't respect games they don't know about because they don't realise the little intricacies but when they understand them more they get into it I think the thing about Dynasty Warriors that gets people into it is just when they first choose their favourite character Yeah, that's the thing 
if you can um, hook them on, have a look through these characters, see which one you think you like, have a look at the weapons. Once they've chosen their first favourite one, they're going to be like, oh, that's my guy. Yeah. And then they're going to be like, hang on, oh, th- he's part of a kingdom. And then you kind of. And then they're going to be like, I'm going to align myself with this kingdom, and then they, and then once they're in that far, usually that that's no it. Yeah, they they're gone. So um, you just got to know that these little so little ways to get. That brings me on to this question: Who is your favorite character in Dynasty Warriors? Um, and why? Uh, mine is Sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I first got the game. Um, my best, me, and my best friend were playing the game, and uh, playing at his house. We went to the shop. We saw a random game. We're like, "Oh, that looks quite cool." Bought it, played it. Eventually, I settled on Jiao Dun mm-hmm. initially, and then we were playing Jiao Yun's storyline. I told you the story, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, we were playing Jiao Yun's storyline. We came across Jiao Dun in one of the levels, and I thought he was a bad guy. So I was like, "I don't want the bad guy. I don't want to be him." Mm. Then I switched to Zanki, found out he was a bad guy. I was like, "No." <laughs> it's no bad guys it's a three kingdom story you can, I don't know if my blog's still up but if you want to hear the like com- read the complete history of jazz playing you can't see what it's like I've got a blog that's like must be about 5,000 words of like how jazz started playing Dungeons it's, it's classic the way I picked my favourite characters was on the back of the box I was like he looks cool yeah when you first pick a character in Dynasty Warriors generally most people try and just pick a badass guy yeah. that's what I noticed mm. most people say like Joe Tai yeah. Because he's the most obvious. Because the thing is, like, I don't think most people recognise Chinese type design as like really badass, obviously badass. Mm-hmm. Whereas everyone knows, like, katanas, ninjury looking type guys. That's just accepted. Like, this guy's going to be good. Do, yeah. do you know yeah. what I mean? That's, that's like, the first time I saw Liu Bei, especially in the older ones. You're like, how can that guy be the leader of the like yeah. the the kingdom? Because he just he, now he looks more looks better with like two swords. Looks more obviously like you'd expect him to look. Mm. Um, so I think most people pick someone like that, or they just like pick Lu Bu. Um, like I think Joe Tai was first time first guy I got into. And then as you play it more, you get into the more like different types of guys because you get into their personalities more. Mm. Um, so I started with him. My favourite now is Dong Zhuo, just for just comedy. Nobody else likes Just him. for comedy value. <laughs> that's, that's quite nice. Yeah, actually. And, um, you're the second person. Yeah, said that. yeah, he's really cool. I mean, just the characterisation of him is always mm. bri- brilliantly done. So I always play as him, and then I always like the um, the like beefier characters because the moves are really good. Like I um, I liked um, Sh- uh, Shingen's in Samurai Warriors, but Shingen because um, he, like, he had like the rolling he had like a rolling suplex move which was mm. brilliant um, there's um, uh, Huang Guy in this new one's got like a gigantic boat oh no God. he's got a, like a running power bomb that's like <laughs> literally like I mean do you like wrestling world by chance? yeah no I, I lo- I, yeah I love his running power bomb um, and yeah, there's all. Well, I think the bigger guys, because I like the fact that they can, you know, usually you do a Muso attack and it's yeah. going on for half an hour of like, you know, lightning flying over your sword and things. But um, when you do a, like a super powerful Muso attack that's just one hit but does loads of damage, yeah. that's just got to be the most satisfying. <laughs> um, Have you seen one guy's new moveset with his boat? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's I was playing it with the boat. The boat's cool. The boat's the awesome. Boat yeah, is cool. I, I like the. He moves so quickly with the boat. Yeah, <laughs> I think my all-time favorite warriors character though has got to be in Dynasty Warriors Gundam. Really? Yeah, Master Asia. I, I haven't really played. Ah, oh, he is. 
He is sick. But, yeah. So, are you going to be buying the new Gundam game, the Reborn? That's coming out soon. Well, I. You never know. I might be lucky, and someone at Koei might send me. <laughs> so, Jin, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Post it. <laughs> I would probably buy it. I like the Gundam one. It was really awesome. I remember you used to love all the customization yeah. too. But there's also um, some really good characters in Basara. Have you played Sengoku Basara? I ha- personally, I haven't yeah. played Sengoku Basara, but yeah. um, I know a lot of people listening know about it, and whatever, yeah. they're kind of annoyed that the new uh, Sengoku Basara games are not coming yeah. out. It sucks. Yeah. But honestly, I can, you know, that's Capcom, and I can't blame them for what they're doing because yeah, it's a really good iteration of the series. Yeah, like really good. The thing I'll say about Basara is. Because I didn't really take it seriously, and then um, my wife got it. Uh, well, why PS2. do you think you didn't take it? Um, because, um, well, I was working for Temo. Yeah, Kobe at the time, so it was. Um, I didn't want to. Um, you didn't want to ruin it. Yeah, I. I, um, I just was didn't really have time to ex- explore it. Mm. Then my wife got it. She started playing it, and um, I started playing with her, and that's kind of got me into it. Because it, seeing that the different spin on the same. Warring States characters is really cool. Mm. Um, I also like the iteration, like some of the characters yeah. are female, and that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, and also because it's made by Capcom, you've kind of like got mu- a Muso game, but with a little Beautiful. bit of Capcom's extra depth I to see. the fighting. That's what I would so say. So, which one would you prefer? Would you prefer the Basara games or the Samurai Warriors games? And bear in mind, you are wearing a Tecmo Koei t Right now, if I had to say, what, just between Samurai Warriors and Basara, if mm-hmm. I had to say which one would I yeah. prefer to play, um, I'd say Basara, but only because I've played it so much less. Because there's, so, there's only been one version of it. Mm. And um, it's, it's really fresh because of that. Um, it's, it's more of a new experience. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's, that's what you're after. Mm. Um, new things. Very um, nice answer. Yeah, <laughs> very political answer. Yeah, it? but I, I have to say, like, I, I, I really enjoyed, uh, enjoyed playing that. Got quality voice acting as well. Really interesting characters. Mm. And so, are you saying that Samurai Warriors doesn't have quality voice acting, or? Uh, it's got different, different type. Because is he? I, I think of Samurai Warriors as a kind of like aesthetic is like hyper real, but not anime. I see. What you mean. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like. Um, it's still erring on the realistic side in terms of like the look and the style and the voice acting. Yeah. Uh, whereas Basara is like, for me, it's like straight Crazy. anime okay. type look mm-hmm. to it. And um, it's so I, I think the characters are all taken up to like the, the nth degree. Mm. So like if you look at like Honda, okay, in, oh, so yeah. in Samurai yeah. Warriors, Honda looks like, a, uh, you know, he looks like a beast. But then in uh, Basara, he's like basically a Gundam. Yeah. He's like a steam-powered Gundam. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it, the fact that it's so over the top, um, it, it just gets you into it very, very quickly. Um, that, that, and I think as a package, it works. It works really well. But then again, um, because it's so... Um, uh, because it's the way it is, I, I, I guess it's um, just maybe more difficult to to get into because it doesn't have the big Dynasty Warriors series to kind of then once you know you've got loads of Dynasty Warriors fans so some of those are also going to transfer over to Samurai Warriors yeah. but not many of those might know that actually Basara is a, another similar type of series okay well but, personally I'm kind of sceptical about Sengoku Basara yeah because um, you know I played it a couple of times but 
not not in depth. Yeah. See what I mean? It's just and I, it's difficult for me to get into it because you know I'm kind of used to the whole samurai warriors thing, especially with characters like Ieyasu, who's surprisingly looks really young in Basara. Yeah, he's the guy I'm playing as like, in Basara Ieyasu. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. What is going he, on with um, his design? It's isn't just... he like uh, MMO? He's got yeah, he's, he's quite of, he's a boxing. Yeah, he's yeah. like he's got sort of like bits of like sort of boxing and mm. karate, uh, not karate, but like martial, martial like, arts, like very like exactly. short range mm. character. As in compared to like Koei's version with a cannon, yeah, awesome as well. Yeah, but yeah. I lo- I love that there's like there's two series because mm. that way it pushes both devs or both producers. Do you think that there'll ever be some sort of crossover between the two? Well, because, between Capcom and yeah, because we've seen that you know in in the in the Warriors Orochi series because we 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 got like Soul Calibur characters in there yeah, yeah. and obviously Dead or Alive characters because of the merger. But you think that we would ever see like maybe these two like like Yukimura from one game and Yukimura from the other game meeting each other despite <laughs> the fact they do have the same voice actors? Uh, I don't I know. I can't say. Know. I would. No idea. But do you think it would be awesome to see that? Or uh, what, what would you think? How do you think it would work? I don't, I don't know. Um, they both got very cool design yeah. teams. Um, I don't know. I'm not really a fan of like crossover stuff. Like, especially when the aesthetics are so different. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think it's good to just leave them, at, leave them as they are. I mean, develop each one separately and carry on down that carry on down that path keep pushing them to be better yeah honestly I would love to see a crossover because I love crossover. but there are some mini shout outs though in Basara if you, if you when you play it you'll see some little like tip little um, sort of bits where you think oh, I wonder if that's a knowing wink to the other series give us an example because I haven't um, well there's one guy um, I can't remember who it was it wasn't a playable guy mm. um but it was one of the like named named generals, and he says something like, "He's he's got a kind of like black and silvery type look to him, so he's got like a Zhao Yun type look." Yeah. And I think he had a spear as well. And he says something like, "I want to be a dynasty warrior, or I want to be some uh, something something warrior." And yeah. When I heard that, I thought, "Oh, there there's like a, a, little, a there's obviously a a, you know we, as you'd expect, there's such similar series. You know, mm-hmm. there's like a little kind of knowledge Jones about the two. Yeah. So I think like that's probably like as far as." Um, far as probably what you want it to go okay because they're both cool you never know. you so, told us who yeah. your favourite oh is. well it's it's difficult now because um, I would say my favourite character was Zhou Yu because of you know how he is and his yeah. sword as well but now they took his sword, sword away, away yeah. and I, I kind of miss his sword yes yeah. exactly a lot of people are like yeah I like his stuff plus, like, he know, plus he's been known to be one of the best sword dancers in history so exactly and then they just like I don't know what Tecmokoi were doing they were just like, cool. yeah. the, the, the stuff's cool it's though. cool but it's it's not needed I think they could have just done him I, I can see why they took the sword away because they, they want less characters with clone movesets yeah and then just giving him the, the stuff but I don't think the stuff suits him I think it's he's more of that sword character that's why I love the the Orochi games as well because mm. the previous Orochi games had him with his sword but you know I would say now my favourite character is a uh, Wang Yuanji. Oh really? For obvious reasons. <laughs> because she's just so awesome. Who's that? Um, um, that's um. Wang <laughs> the one with the knives. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's pretty awesome, I have to say. Yeah. And she's, I'm not sure. Is she like the only blonde character in Dynasty Warriors? I think so. Because then she can't like match. Oh, I know the one you mean. Hair. I know the one you mean. <laughs> the one that had the um. 
didn't she, uh, she had it when she when it came out she had a costume from a Japanese like uh, yes yeah, uh, yeah store yeah yeah, yeah she always one. has those costumes actually surprisingly yeah. and she's very I think um maybe I might be wrong in saying this but they had character polls and I think she won them right because you know she's very Famitsu popular ones, yeah yeah probably super I guess because she looks like Western she's got blonde hair mm. maybe probably yeah. and other stuff but. Dynasty Warriors. That's the that's just that that's the thing. Mm. We can talk forever. We can talk yeah. forever about Dynasty Warriors, and I, I think we should kind of move away from Dynasty Warriors <laughs> because we're not in Tech McCoy's office. Yeah. Despite the fact you are wearing a T-shirt, which yeah. is completely awesome. Yeah. So, um, what do you guys do for Reef specifically? Because we didn't talk about it. Um. Well, I, I'm the general manager mm-hmm. of it, so um, I run it on a day-to-day basis, basically. Probably more concerned with the um, sales and administration of the company more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that'd be my my key jobs. Um, and then, um, as we were saying before the podcast, Jazz is um, uh, like a special project. Um, something, something, something. Uh, yeah, special <laughs> project ninja. So he works on everything from like community management um, to uh, marketing uh, okay. sales. Um, product management, advertising, testing, PR, PR, Tech yeah, guy. a bit of everything. Because we're small, so we want to do a bit of everything. Okay. Yeah. So within your job descriptions, what's mm. your favourite thing about it? What's the f- my favourite thing about it? Mm. Um, about working for Reef, about doing your job. I think I can guess what yours is. Favourite thing about working for Reef. Can I, can I guess what yours is? Before you say it, um, is that not allowed? Yeah, go on. If you're gonna, uh, uh, Development of your staff. That's what exactly what I was going to say. Boom! Yeah. I win. Yes. Yeah. I win. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I thought you were going to say Gamescom. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I say that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Development of my staff. That's my favourite thing about it. And um, working with um, lots of people in the industry. I'm lucky in that, like, I can still, like, because we're working with um, Technocoe and Nordic side, I can still talk to those guys. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm still good friends with them as well, so I've got, like, so, uh, so lots of good connections that I can um, that I can speak with. Okay. Yeah. And what about you? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess because I do so many different things, I really enjoy having the ability to do loads of different things. Okay. Like, expanding my horizon, being able to, like, not just focus on one area. Yeah. Not to say that it's the jack of all trades and master of none, but more jack trying of all to be trades and master of every. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> what I want to be. <laughs> Is it too much to be the best at everything? I, try I, to I be the best at everything. You should, you should be ambitious and say, yeah, yeah I want to yeah. dominate everything. Yeah. Pretty much, that's like my yeah. life's goal. Yeah, it's cool to work in games as well. That that's the thing. Like, yeah, very and cool. um, and um, we always forget about it because it's, it's tough and um, it's a day to day it's a day to day battle you know with all the other games companies out there mm. um, but um, shouldn't forget that you know that's one of the really most fun parts and like everyone starting out that's one of the reason they want to get into the industry because they love games and um, they want to contribute something to that um, market and make it grow and make it stronger mm. and um, doing those kind of things is like definitely satisfying Especially if you're making something that people like and they want to play and they appreciate it as well. That can be a um, really, really good feeling. Okay, so a uh, quick question. Do you guys like get free stuff because uh, you're working here? Or, uh, or no? what, like, what kind of free stuff? Like 
you know, free games and stuff. Uh, or, or you're not allowed to do that. Uh, you're not allowed to have free stuff. Uh, don't really get a lot. No, um, not usually. Yeah, mm. I mean, I, I'd say I'm hoping that I might get... <laughs> Uh, a, uh, I might get a promo copy of, um, of Gundam Reborn, okay. maybe. Okay. If well, you, if I'm if I'm like exceptionally how lucky. You, you probably have Chin's phone number, and I like how you're just calling him out on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Which is awesome, actually. Yeah. Like I always say, remember the old days. <laughs> Stop living in the yeah. past. Stop living in the past. You never know. Like so. Uh, apart from that, no, not n- not really. Like um, uh, not really a lot of stuff. Because at the end of the day, if you like it, you should buy it. That's a good answer, actually. Yeah. Indeed. Because, you know, for me, there's a, you know, like a Temoko, I do free stuff Friday and whatever. Yeah. And it, it kind of annoys me that a lot of people are like, yeah, oh, when, when they when they lose it, they just get so worked up about it. Mm. And for me, it's like, they don't need to do that. Like, if it was me, I wouldn't even do that because... I, I like all the games to myself. I don't like kind of giving stuff away to people. <laughs> yeah. Like the... Um, I'm gonna say this for the first time. I got a, a massive box from Ubisoft yeah. once, and um, full of games. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna say what I did with them. I kind of kept most of them mm. actually. But um, I came back from them, and then um, there's these kids. Mm. They're asking me, "What would you have in the box?" Yeah. I, obviously, I didn't know. I didn't open yeah. the box, and um, they offered to buy the box for fifty pounds. Yeah. And I was like, no. I'm not going to open the box. Yeah. I'm not going to give them the box 50 pounds. And then I go home and open it. And there's like all this awesome stuff, like games and stuff. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Like loads of copies of Assassin's Creed, loads of like DLCs and stuff. I'm just going to keep this. <laughs> so I, I kept a lot of it. And people are thinking, oh, fish, how come you didn't give it away? Because shipping is expensive. Yeah. Shipping is expensive. Shipping is expensive. Yeah. I did, I did give some away to some less fortunate people. Yeah. Locally. Yeah, but you know, sometimes you have to keep some stuff for yourself. That's yeah, yeah. I seem like a monster now, but it's keep keep the good things to that that you know you're gonna like. But there's a, there's a lot of good things in that box. There was like <laughs> that's the thing. There was so much, but because there were like copies as yeah. well, so there was like loads of Assassin's Creed games, and I was like, I love Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I already owned them. Yeah. So I was like, what can I do with these? So I just yeah. gave them away to some uh, less fortunate kids. Yeah. And but you know, I, I kept some things. Like, mm. There was like limited edition statues. I was like, that's that's going home with me. That's cool. Um, but yeah. Mm. What else? So within all the titles that you've kind of distributed, yeah. which one would you say is your favourite, including the NIS America titles? Um, and the NIS personally for me. Um, You're probably going to say Persona. No, no. my, my favourite game that I've played so far is Danganronpa. Like, um, I've fallen in love with that game. Just the characters, the visualisation, the story. So are you excited for the second game? Very, very, very. I'm still playing like the second, first one now. Like Every chance I get, I'll jump onto it and uh, still play it. Trying to like absorb as much as it's possible instead of like, finishing it really quickly. Because, uh, yeah, it's a good, good game. I recommend it. Uh. Especially if you like visual novels. And you don't get that type of game over here as well. So. We don't. And there's something I, I actually wanted to bring up. Like, NIS America don't just uh, do games. They also do, like, anime as well. Yeah. And, you know, in Japan, when there's an anime release, they tend to do, like, visual novels. Do you think we would be seeing that in the future? Like, visual novel games uh, coming out on the PlayStation Vita? Uh, well, I'm hoping, personally, I, I like them. Yeah, I think there will get, definitely be more. And this yeah. is... Gonna probably be opening the floodgates that yet has been successful. Mm. Let's bring some more out. That's yeah. like the same as uh, 
we were saying about the hyperdimension PP games. Yeah. Depending on how successful that does, they might be more from other publishers and developers. Yeah. Like so Rising Star had a popular visual novel, um, Virtue's Last Reward. Yeah. Beta. Mm -hmm. That was, I think, maybe the first one on con on a like a mainstream console. And then there's some on PC, and then um, you've got Danganronpa. Um, Hyperdimension PP is kind of sort of in that vein, yeah. although people people say it's an idol sim. Yeah. But um, I think now um, the um, that kind of genre is established as something that people are with, yeah people enjoy yeah. and um, it has a certain value to it. Then yeah, you probably will see more of them. But the, the thing is, it all comes. But it, you need a very skilled localizer to make that work. Yeah. Because you've got to be able to get like if you're reading a lot of text or you're listening to a lot of text, it's got to be engaging. Yeah. So you can't get away with like you know um, uh, localization that's not absolutely spot on and it's not done by someone that really completely understands the um, mm. like the culture that of, of where the game came awesome. from. But there is some people that kind of get the game. Yeah. Not legally. Yeah. And they kind of do their own fan patches. Fan subs. Or, yeah, fan yeah. subs and fan dubs and stuff. What do you think about that? The what for anime or for games? For for games as well. Oh, like right. These are especially visual novels <laughs> that haven't been released in the in the West. Yeah. You know, they, they get the ISO online because these games tend to be released for Vita and PSP and whatever. So they get the ISOs online and then they kind of change it themselves. Right. What, what do you think about that? Mm. Well, when I I imported Shenmue 2 in Japanese, mm -hmm. I played it with a GameFAQ <laughs> that I printed off that like translated every conversation, so that I could like I could read and understand it. So I get I guess that's the equivalent of it back then. Yeah. Um, but that was legal back then, you know. Yeah. There's nothing illegal about printing a sheet of paper. Yeah, that's as close as I really uh, really ever got to to trying it. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, I think you know where there's a there's a will, there's a way, and there's always someone willing to to do it. And um, uh, you can't really say if the game's not going to come out here, then yeah. you know, it, and people have a demand for it, then someone's going to be willing to do it. I, I I didn't know that it could be done on a like a Vita or a PSP, mm. um, but I, I can imagine on PC, you know, that kind of thing could be done. Well, yeah. on, on PC, I'm, I'm not sure if, if it's a different situation because you know there are, there are games that you're allowed to mod and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But on I think on the Vita you have to root the system and it, it's you know it, it goes into a lot of like things which are pretty much illegal. Mm. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. another thing. This episode was pretty much. To be honest, it was pretty much mostly Tecmo Koei show, yeah. and just we were mostly reminiscing. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. So, so what did you guys think about on about this podcast so far? Like, it's good. I mean, I enjoyed like just it's like I said, reminiscing. We didn't talk that much. Okay, so it, it was I tried. mostly it was mostly Will, <laughs> which was interesting. But I, I think it would have been more interesting if he spoke as well. Are you try? Get him on to ask him something. Uh, that he that he'll uh, open up and tell you about. Like what? what do, you, do you have any um, ideas? Um, uh, Sensei. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the life and times of Sensei. He'll, Here's a little fact that he'll about, tell you about, about uh, yeah. Finish Rise Three. Then let's go back to this. Um, I actually bought my copy of Finish Rise Three before I actually bought my PS2, which is a, a weird fact. No, that, that's mm. understandable. That's a, yeah, because I remember playing it at my best friend's house, and mm. um, we both got madly fixated with it. His eventual favourite character was like Zhao Yun, and then eventually Zhao Yu, same as you, with the sword. Um, 
yeah, like after I played at his house, I was like, okay, I've got to get a PS2. Went to the game like pretty much the next day, bought the game, I was like, okay, when's my PS2 coming now? Mm-hmm. And eventually, uh, yeah, weird little fact. That's, that's an interesting fact because I'm, I'm in a similar way because I got, I have two copies of um, Warriors Orochi 3 Hyper. Yeah. Oh, for the Wii U. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even own a Wii U. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, what am I going to do? And because they're, they're both signed copies, like um, I went around MCM asking the voice actors to sign. The game is in Japanese, but I got the English voice actors to sign it. Because, yeah, they can you know, get away with it. That's, I, I a, that's the only copy of the Japanese version that's got a it's, UK sign. Exactly. It's so it's very unique. Because I, <laughs> I spoke to Chin afterwards, and because there was a lot of people that, because they were giving it away for free at the Tecmo mm. booth, there was a lot of people that were taking it and then trying to trade it in at CEX. Oh, man. And it's a shame because taking, what, taking, uh, taking the games, like free games from Tecmo and then going to CEX. And then going to CEX to trade them in. Uh, it's a shame because I think people should at least give it a try. First. What they were giving away free games? Yeah, last year, uh, October MCM. Yeah, they, were, they didn't have a sales stand. They just had some leftover stock. Yeah, I think. They had loads of copies of uh, <laughs> Warriors of Archie Three. On Did the, you wish you were at their booth? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. That's cool. They had loads of stuff. They had like, PS2 games, PS3 games. I think I got hyper as well that day. I, I, got, I don't know. Me and my sister got a copy of Hyper each. And it, it was it was interesting because there was a lot of people that didn't know the game, and then they were they weren't just giving it away; they were doing like a little quiz. So just name three characters from the game, and it was difficult. People couldn't actually do it. Yeah. Even though you look at the back, and there's certain characters. <laughs> so just name that. <laughs> yeah, their names are there, and I'm like, really? Like you can't you can't tell who Hayabusa is, you can't tell who Ayane. Is. They're on the box. Yeah. You know. But anyway, so I think it's a good time to wrap this episode up. Yeah. And it was, like I said, it's it's a pleasure to be recording with both of you. Yeah, yeah it's always nice. And, yeah. Hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of the Get Back Podcast. Woohoo! Awesome. See Thank you later. You. Cheers. This is Chie Tanaka, and you've been listening to Get a Life Podcast. I hope that means you got a life. Besides, you gotta eat more meat!